Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 343rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is getting some bonus golf this morning, straight from Pebble Beach, where Phil Mickelson won the tournament a mere 20 minutes or so ago, and it was great uh, great theater, especially late uh, yesterday afternoon, early evening here on the East Coast, where uh, at the end, there was a big darkness discussion as uh, darkness moved in over on Pebble Beach, Carmel Bay, on the Pacific Ocean, as Phil Mickelson clearly wanted to continue playing after the 16th hole. And Paul Casey, who was in second place, did not. Uh, players were basic, Paul Casey was basically saying uh, that he couldn't see and wanted to, uh, you know, kick the last two holes to this morning where... Um, where he, he would finally have some daylight. And Phil Mickelson, who was on an absolute roll, shooting a great round, said he could see perfectly and wanted to continue. And it was really a, a cool insight into uh, with the PGA official into how this all gets decided. And at the end of the day, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, if one player doesn't want to continue, that's it. Um, the, the, that decision stands, and so they uh, stopped play, and it was just fascinating to watch Phil Mickelson, who, again, visibly not pleased, and Paul Casey, you know, sticking to his guns, but, uh, but he had a lot to, uh, you know, a lot at stake. But it all ended perfectly this morning, again, just a mere 20 minutes or so ago as they teed off at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. our time. So to be able to watch uh, the final few holes of a tournament at 11 o'clock in the morning, right before the show here, was wonderful. And uh, again, perfect ending as Phil won the tournament. Paul Casey stayed in second place where he was at. 
and uh, he was tied, so he had a lot at stake there, and Paul Casey also uh, won the Pro-Am. So I think in retrospect, you have to uh, say that Paul Casey made the right decision and sticking to his guns, and uh, it all worked out for everybody, including Phil. And Phil was very gracious after he uh, had a few minutes to collect himself when he was interviewed at the end of the CBS broadcast yesterday and, uh, and you know, totally gave it up for Paul Casey as having the complete right to say, let's continue in the morning. So, again, just great to be able to watch uh, golf, especially from, of all places, beautiful Pebble Beach and uh, a fun, fun tournament. And it really, in the end, ended the right way. And this week we have dual highlights of the week because my other highlight is the aftermath of the Patriots uh, winning their sixth Super Bowl. It was highlighted by, of course, the parade on Tuesday through the streets of Boston, the Duck Boat Parade, with 1.5 million people. That's bigger than the past few, and the big reason, aside from the euphoria here in New England, was... Uh, 60-degree weather uh, in February. So that really just uh, helped create the gigantic turnout. Uh, I was able to make it in for the end of the parade, really the aftermath. And it was just fun to see uh, the famous Boylston Street closed to traffic. The duck boats had already gone down the street, but there was... Tens of thousands, uh, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, still lining the streets, uh, heading to various establishments for lunch. Uh, there was basically a half a block long wait at generally every single restaurant in what's known as the Back Bay, which is Boylston Street, where we all are very familiar with it from. That's where the Boston Marathon ends. And uh, so it was great. It was great to just soak up the flavor, enjoy the weather, and the euphoria. You've all seen the pictures by now. was just terrific and verifies what I've been saying, what I said last Monday on the show. The Patriot brand is growing. There's no, uh, you know, there, there's no fatigue, winning fatigue up here in New England. In fact, it's been like reignited. Uh, reminds me of the first three Super Bowls back in the early 2000s. So it's wonderful. But it wasn't just the parade. There was also player appearances on late night shows, whether it was Gronk, Sony Michelle. Uh, and there was even last night MVP of the Super Bowl, Julian Edelman and Devin McCourty presenting Lady Gaga with her award to begin the Grammys last night. Of course, was also Patriots showing up at Bruins and Celtics games at the Garden, getting thunderous cheers, as you would expect. So it's really uh, it's just been a week-long party in the aftermath. And, uh, and in the end, it's really, uh, frankly, the way I and uh, most New Englanders get through 
the early part of winter, shall we say, January and February specifically, early February, but the, really the month of January with the playoff games uh, and, you know, it, it helps keep us all warm, shall we say, and it is so welcome and we're just so fortunate up here to have this happening basically year in, year out. Uh, you know, I and just about everybody else I know, especially season ticket holders like myself, uh, we don't make plans for those uh, January weekends when the Patriots might be hosting playoff games and uh, they deliver that loyalty year in, year out. It's just awesome to be a part of. And, uh, and again, you know, it just really helps warm up what can be a very cold month of January. Uh, but now it's basically over. Um, football is over, except for what was another uh, interesting aspect of this weekend, which was, of course, the Alliance of American Football kicking off new league and some pretty innovative uh, approaches, such as no extra points, just two-point conversions, no kickoffs. Uh, you could hear inside the huddle as well as the referees determining, uh, you know, what they were seeing on an instant replay to, to make decisions, uh, re- review, shall we say. And so pretty fascinating. Uh, for, and I tuned in to pretty much all the games for at least a time that were available and showing over the weekend on various networks whether it was uh, CBS big time on Saturday night for the literal grand debut out of uh, both San Antonio and Orlando. Uh, Games also last night, NFL Network. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I I liked what I saw pretty much across the board. The coaches are all big names, basically. Uh, But none more so than what was the highlight for me, which was... Uh, Steve Spurrier, Spurrier uh, the old ball coach in the Orlando uh, Apollos. And they had last night at halftime, Steve Spurrier mic'd up from Saturday night's game where the Apollos looked great. They looked like uh, the best team in the league based on their big Saturday night performance at Spectrum Field in Orlando, which I've been to, which is where University of Central Florida plays. So it's not like... Uh, so they jumped right into a stadium with a winning tradition, that's for sure. And just hearing Steve Spurrier again on the sidelines is priceless. I'm a big fan, always have been. And uh, so it was terrific. Uh, so here's to more football. What else can you say? And my low light of the week, the Boston Celtics losing twice to Los Angeles teams uh, who mounted gigantic comebacks in the garden to overtake the Celtics. Uh, I mean, the Patriots won the big game against a Los Angeles team, obviously the Super Bowl, but then the Celtics gave it up to the Lakers with a buzzer beater by Rajon Rondo of all people last week. And then Saturday night, the Clippers came back from a 28 point deficit to beat the Celtics. And then, uh, and Kyrie Irving tweaked his knee. So not good, shall we say, at all. So consternation here in Boston already, even in the wake of the Super Bowl with what's going on with the Celtics. 
And lastly, my bizarre story of the week was the whole uh, NBA trade, trade deadline, specifically Anthony Davis. Uh, never got traded. It felt like the Lakers were just offering different packages multiple times per day. And it was just, uh, in the end, kind of much ado about nothing. And, you know, the Lakers, to their credit, when it was all settled, is when they pulled off the upset over the Celtics. But it was, uh, all in all, a pretty bizarre week on the uh, trade deadline front. Uh, I thought the Raptors scored the biggest uh, trade of the weekend by getting Marc Gasol, high-quality player, and maybe the Toronto Raptors are finally going to get over that playoff uh, hump, especially without LeBron James playing anymore in the East. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, one 472 5788 
or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess you're all settled in back home by now after uh, being over in Atlanta for Super Bowl week. So as much fun as that is, I'm sure it's also good to, to settle back in in uh, Alabama, right? Yeah, it's good to be back home and and uh, start looking at the basketball a little bit more with a keen eye and just wrapping up the football uh, season with the recruiting that took place last Wednesday was the uh, beginning of the signing day. The early signing day was in December, but that, that normal one that they have first weekend Wednesday of February was last week. Yeah, so why don't we be, begin with that, AP? Uh, you know, I was thinking of you, of course, on National Signing Day, and it looks like Alabama, once again, finished first in the nation, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, they're on top again. I mean, for the umpteenth time, six, seven straight years, whatever it is, six out of eight or what, six out of seven, something like that. Yeah, they have quite a few good players that they signed. They ended up uh, having three players uh, join the team uh, with this last signing period. They had 24 in December, so they were able to go to Louisiana and sign a big defensive lineman it was a priority for LSU, but Alabama was able to convince him to to come to Tuscaloosa, and uh, so he should be a good one, uh, Ishmael Sofsher. And he's 330-something pounds, uh, John, about six three and a half. From Louisiana? From Louisiana, he sure is. Yeah, he was a... He was a primary target for LSU, yeah, Ishmael right. Sofsher from... And Alabama's had uh, success at his high school. They had Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, who caught the walk-off touchdown for the national championship a year or so ago. So that's from that same high school in Louisiana. Wow. Well, that'll do it. Uh, you know, he was able to watch what his former high school teammate did uh, to win the national championship. We all remember that. Overtime pass from Tua to beat Georgia. Uh, for the national championship, so uh, you, you know, an all-time play in college football history, obviously. Uh, well, that's great, AP. I mean, you know, it feels like a bit of a broken record, me saying this, but you know, the rich get richer, and it just feels like Alabama. They're just simply on a different level. I mean, you know, you just said it perfectly: the six, seven years, up tenth time, up tenth time, uh, where you know they're they're just, uh, you know. A cut above everybody. There, there's them and the rest of the, the rest of the pack. So it feels, and uh, it, it's great to be in Alabama for it, right? Oh yes, absolutely. And the, and they always excel at getting the defensive lineman. Another lineman that they signed that day, John, was from Mississippi. He committed to Alabama, uh, you know, prior to that day. But they were trying to just keep him in the fold. And uh, Brian Young out of West Jones and high school in Laurel, Mississippi, and he, he's six two and a half, two hundred ninety pounds, a four star player as well. And and then they signed a running back, a really fast, elusive running back from 
of all places, Washington, D.C., St. John's College High School, Keelan Robinson. So those were the three that were um, were inked last Wednesday, and it already adds to a great class where they, the top player really is Antonio Alfano. He's a strong defensive end, strong side defensive end, 6'4", 285 pounds. He's been there since January. He already gained 17 pounds. So they're getting him stronger and on that nutritional program and so, you know, then they have Evan Neal. He's a big offensive tackle, six seven and a half, John, 360 pounds out of IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. He's a five-star offensive tackle. So, And then they have the two quarterbacks, uh, Tawalia Tungavalo, which is to his younger brother, and then Paul Tyson, the great-grandson of Coach Paul Bryant. And so, they, you know, they got some inside linebackers. They got some defensive backs. John, they even signed a tight end out of Chicago, which is – I can't remember the last time they signed somebody out of Chicago. He just goes everywhere. Jaleel Billingsley is a tight end out of Chicago, four-star player from Phillips Academy. So, you know, they just have success at all positions. They signed a kicker, which is vitally important, one of the top kickers in the class. But we shall see how he performs in college. He's right here from Hoover High School, Will Ricard. And so, uh, yeah, they had a well-rounded class, a lot of, lot of linemen, offensive, defensive linemen, and so I have quite a few defensive backs as well. The leading defensive back in the class for Alabama uh, was uh, Jeffrey Carter out of Mansfield, Texas. Wow. That is quite a lineup. And uh, funny you would mention Chicago because, uh, yeah, that's um, – I are, if I'm not mistaken, the last player I remember coming out of Chicago big time was, and it was controversial, Laquan Treadwell down there in Ole Miss. Is that correct? Oh, uh, right. He's from that was uh, kind Illinois. Of a big deal, right? Sure was. Yeah, it sure was. How did he end up at Ole Miss? And then uh, the ensuing of recruiting violations you freeze. Uh, followed, followed that path. Sure did. That's exactly right. That's, uh, th- that one has stuck with me that, you know. I got a lot of attention when it happened, along with, uh, who, who was it, Robert Kemdichie, who was the number one player in the country right, yeah, in that he had year? A brother. Yeah, he had a brother that played at Ole Miss, John. Okay, before so, him. So that was, yeah, before him. So that was something that maybe led him to Oxford as well. But and John, I, I didn't even mention that the number one running back supposedly uh, signed with Alabama. And, you know, uh, he's out of uh, he's out of the IMG Academy as well, <clears throat> uh, Sanders. So, I mean, Alabama, they just, you know, it's like a pro roster. They could put anyone in the lineup and they're going to have some success. Yeah, Trey Sanders running back. He's a six foot, 214 pounds. He's out of IMG as well, yeah. But, I mean, it's like a pro roster. Anybody they substitute, they're going to get something positive done on the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, IMG Academy down in Bradenton. Uh, which I'm very familiar with down there is, uh, you know, it's the ultimate uh, recruiting hotbed now for a single high school in America. There, uh, you know, for instance, Teron Vincent, son of uh, NFL executive and former All-Pro Troy Vincent, of course. Uh, he just completed his freshman year at Ohio State, and the list goes on and on and on. I've watched him on TV a couple times. I think we all have. Uh, yeah. Back in those sort of August September games when ESPN has shown some high school football, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just uh, what can you say? It's like a college campus. Um, 
spectacular facility and they have just really, uh, you know, they're, they're the Alabama of high school football. Maybe that's the best way to put it, right? Oh, yeah, they're, they're unbelievable. They they're, have a fabulous program. They're built up in a short time. So, right. yeah, there's players from many states on that team. Yeah, and let's not forget a subject we followed closely through the years is, uh, of course, Jim Harbaugh taking his team on traveling trips. But didn't it all begin at IMG when he went down to Bradenton a few years back? <laughs> yeah. Was, Am I, I right that about that? Yeah. first stops. Yeah, that's yeah. one of his first stops. I think so when he brought the team down that way. Yeah, yeah, he brought the team down. I remember he was all the, the famous films of him throwing with the shirt off and stuff like that. Uh, that was all at IMG <laughs> yeah. down in Bradenton. Uh, and, yeah, and, of course, who knew that that would lead to, you know, trips to uh, London, Normandy, Paris, or Rome. I'm not sure about London, but I know Paris and Normandy, they went. And then, right. of course, they went to Rome and uh, were both big fans of how he's been doing that. So, yeah, uh, I just remember him going down to Bradenton to kind of he, he was sort of the first traveling road show. And that, that, that kind of got that whole topic on the map. And I believe the NCAA ultimately got involved in some form or fashion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. It's, yeah, I think I remember that as well. And, John, if I recall, the director of football was Chris Wanky, the former Heisman Trophy winner quarterback from Florida State. Oh, sure. Wow. Director of football he, at IMG? IMG. And then I think he went to Florida State, possibly, and then he was at Alabama for a little while. Now he's at Tennessee. Wow. Yeah, he was uh, an analyst for Alabama, and he, I think he's on the staff at Tennessee. Terrific. Well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, big name, to say the least. So he, he's really uh, somewhat responsible for building, for starting what they've become, it sounds like. And, uh, yeah, and, and IMG is more than just, you know, a high school football team. They, they do, like, gigantic soccer camps and whatnot. I mean, big time. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, what you see over at Wide World of Sports on at, at Disney, um, where they're bringing in these, you know, gigantic tournaments and exposing, you know, their, their fabulous location and facilities to, you know, young stars. It's just that simple. But, but again, it goes beyond football, that's for sure. It, it's really just uh, very impressive, to say the least. Yeah, basketball and I think tennis is is the popular sport that began that right. school, if I recall. I think you're absolutely right about that. Wow. Um, and not to mention, it's you know, it's just in a beautiful spot, Bradenton. Uh, you know, when you cross the Sunshine Skyway from the Tampa Bay area, meaning St. Pete, Clearwater Beach, Tampa itself, and it's one of the great bridges slash drives in america and when you land on the other side at the next landmass, you're in bradenton bradenton of course is well known to me because it's been the long time spring training home of the pittsburgh pirates mckechnie field i've been by there many times and so you know it's just a great area and if you drive the next town south below bradenton is sarasota a fabulous town to put it mildly so, yeah, so it's really in the right spot, to say the least, uh, obviously with sun and weather, to, you know, to boot. So 
no surprise. They're they're doing what they're doing. They they're they're strategically located, and they've just learned how to do it right. I mean, I I, I got the feeling AP just to wrap it up here before the break that we're going to see a whole lot more of IMG Academy type schools uh, before too long. And I know there's some out there, but right now they're the gold standard. Yeah, right. You probably get one on the West Coast pretty soon. Exactly. Maybe they'll have one on the East Coast as well. I don't know at some point. Right, and there's a lot of you know high schools out there that are well positioned to do it, and are probably already kind of doing it. We just haven't quite heard about them, or they haven't quite turned that corner. But you, you said it perfectly. I, I can totally envision one of those famous West Coast schools, California specifically, turning you know turning themselves into an IMG academy, and there'll be others as well. So. AP, it sounds great. It's hard to believe. Uh, you know, we've gotten to the end of our first segment here. Still a lot to get to, as always, and we'll do so on the other side of this break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports channel voice america presents a new kind of health awareness talk show the sharon kleina hour health environment and the power of water show host sharon kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world every show offers new information that could save your life the sharon kleina hour is health from an environmental perspective your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. 
to join the show. The call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., last segment, we were talking about National Signing Day and the fact that Alabama, of course, finished number, get it, got the top recruiting class again, uh, sixth or seventh year in a row. And But there are other schools, A.P., and what jumped out at me was the fact that Clemson – at least some of the rankings I saw, they were not the number two school, as you might have expected, and I might have expected. Uh, they were more like down in 8, 9, 10 area in Georgia, where at least one poll I saw, CBS Sports, had them number two, uh, the Bulldogs. So interesting as always, a lot of familiar names, as you would expect in that top ten. And the other thing that jumped out at me, AP, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, I saw him. Very high in most rankings. Yeah, Texas A&M, they're going to be a power in the Western Division. They're going to give Alabama a battle and all yep. the other schools on that side. Uh, one thing about Georgia, I think I read somewhere that in the recruiting cycle through the years or the last few years that Kirby Smart, he might have gotten the number one player in ten different states. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, That's something impressive. to that effect. But it, it was something that really just caught my eye in his ability to um, go around the country because George is not a school notoriously for being able to dip into uh, the 50 states. But uh, I read that, that comment, that fact, and it just made an impression on me. Kirby Smart, he learned quite a bit being on that Alabama staff, and um, that, that was interesting. Right, national recruiting. I mean, Georgia, you know, what can you say? They never had to go far from home. You know, they, they no, with Atlanta grabbed right a lot of the, yeah, they grabbed a lot of the homegrown talent, of which is substantial, as I was reminded of when Richard Seymour, uh, you know, was standing outside the Patriots locker room as the Patriots exited on their way uh, to begin the game, the Super Bowl, right there in the tunnel, and there's Richard Seymour. He was also nominated for the Hall of Fame. Um, so, yeah, just one example of many of, you know, uh, plus Sony Michelle. <laughs> you know, watching him cap off a fabulous rookie season. So, yeah, tremendous talent in Georgia. And they don't have to go very far. As the, as the name of the band indicates, the Florida-Georgia line. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just right there and they can uh, get it, go into talent-rich Florida as well. Um, so, yeah, Georgia. But now you add Kirby Smart doing national recruiting, which, of course, he learned at Alabama. Now you have a force to deal with. There's a reason. They've been in the national championship, and last year arguably should have been in the final four. So, uh, yep, they're, they're here to stay, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, Clemson, John, they're spreading their wings as well, going to different states, Virginia and California, I see. They went up to Connecticut, got player of, of note, uh, Missouri. So those are some different places for Clemson. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I heard something about, you know, for them, it, it was really, you know, I don't know that it's a new approach in any way, but it, I thought I heard Dabo or say or, or someone covering the team say basically 
they're in it for quality, not quantity. And what differentiates them from really a lot of the schools is, you know, their guys seem to stick around for for a few years. Yeah. And by that, I mean they often stick around and play their senior season there when they don't have to. They could go to the NFL. So uh, it's a different approach to recruiting, they're, again. Uh, and they're doing it right. Obviously, they're national champions, so that, there's no argument with how they're doing it. No, and, and John, I think that uh, I know one thing when I would talk to different players from Alabama, they said that practices are really difficult, and sometime in their mind that leads them to uh, take the NFL route when, they're, when they finish their junior season because of their practices, believe it or not. I've heard that comment more than once. That because I have of, to go to the pro, because the practices at Alabama are so difficult. Practices at Alabama, okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a well, fascinating I, tidbit. Yeah, yeah. I have to talk to somebody from Clemson, but maybe that's a slight difference in the two programs who seem to attract all these talented players. And, uh, John, while we're mentioning the rankings, you know, on some services, Texas was just right ahead of Texas A&M. So they're trying to build something in Austin again. And uh, we also were speaking about Michigan on the last segment, and they were the tops in the Big Ten. Wow, and that's impressive. Uh, Probably the first time in a while they've been ahead of Ohio State. Uh, Now, obviously, without Urban Meyer. And uh, so that's interesting, you know. And it's what I find particularly interesting with that AP is uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Michigan's lost a, f- a few of their coaches, right? Off the coaching staff have moved on. Yeah, yeah, they did recently too. Yeah, some of them went recently. to that new league. Yeah, one, right. one of them went to the, the new league and the Alliance League, and then I forgot what the other one. Uh, he took his talents. I forgot. Yes, yes, um, and, and some of their bigger names, if I'm not mistaken, um, from the coaching staff. But you know, whatever they've done. And Jim Harbaugh is, you know, he's a huge personality. And now without uh, Urban Meyer on the scene, his personality stands out even more. And uh, so, yeah, I I saw that, too. Michigan right up there. And and also Texas, yes. That jumped out at me that, uh, yeah, they were were in everybody's top ten, if not top five. So, yeah. I think they're, uh, yeah, I, I think Texas is on the right track. And uh, Texas A&M clearly, you know, Jimbo Fisher is one of those guys, and I go back to when Showtime ran that special, uh, you, you know, miniseries, if you will, uh, with Florida State football. And, and Jimbo Fisher, along with the Jim Harbaugh, formerly with Urban Meyer, and obviously Nick Saban, you, you know, when they walk into the living room, the kids probably go in there. <laughs> it's really about that simple. <laughs> right, right. They just have those right. types of personalities. They just do charisma, oozing charisma. And, you know, I really learned a lot about Jimbo Fisher. So I'm not surprised, uh, you know, from watching that Showtime series a couple of years ago. And uh, so, yeah, it's great. Uh, well, so before we know it, AP, We'll be into spring football. When does that get going? Uh, in March, April? Yeah. yeah, spring football. Yeah, March will be happening. Uh, Alabama's A-Day game, and so is Auburn. It's on the 13th this year, April 13th. Wow. So we're only a month away from that. 
Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Al- yeah, Alabama in the last few years, they've had some practices, then they go on spring break, and then they come back and they finish up, which is I think is unusual, but that's what they've done the last half dozen years or so. Correct, correct. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously year-round these days, and uh, and it's great. So I have to ask you this, uh, National Signing Day, you live in Alabama. What's it like down there? I mean, uh, is it like just uh, gigantic news, I'm, gu- I'm guessing? Yeah, always big news recruiting anytime they t- – I mean, John – they already have a list of the 2020 commitments for Alabama. I mean, they're writing the stories already. I mean, that's how popular recruiting is to people. They just love to read about these 17-year-old high school kids that maybe can be potential stars. I mean, uh, you know, that's the way it is in Alabama. But but this year, as it been the last couple of years, with that early December signing date, there was only a mystery on a few players that Alabama was trying to sign in February. They ended up with three. There was a couple more they wanted. They're still looking. Uh, Nick Saban stated in his press conference after the uh, after everybody was signed in February, he said they were looking for a tight end, possibly another tight end. Okay, yeah. Well, let's face it, AP. There's nothing more fun than you know hearing about kids in high school who. Uh, then go on to college and basically have that feeling of I knew them when. I, one of the great things yeah. for me growing up in western Pennsylvania was, you know, I, I was aware of Joe Namath when he was in high school. And the all-time <laughs> gold standard, as I like to say, the LeBron James of high school football, at least for me and in, in my lifetime, was, you know, Dan Marino, who I and everybody else in western Pennsylvania was well aware of when he was in seventh and eighth grade. Uh, in downtown Pittsburgh, no less. Um, so yeah, growing up in the cradle of quarterbacks, you know, I, I just knew about these kids young, Terrell Pryor, you know, <laughs> an all timer <laughs> of a kid right. you knew about again, eighth, ninth grade. Um, so yeah, so there's just nothing like it. It's just so much fun when you kind of, they get on your radar screen, you track them early and then you see them turn into whatever they turn into. Uh, they don't all make it big time, but some of them do, and it's really a, just a great great thing to watch. So some I've always enjoyed, and, and everybody does, you know. Get to see these kids play in high school and then have them become superstars in the pros is awesome. And it's not just football, it's basketball as well. So it's great, nothing like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to project them if they'll be a star and, and it's always interesting to people. It, it sure is. There's no question about it because there's a legendary game or career, and they, they can talk about it at the uh, in the office and whatever amongst their their friends and family members. Yeah, well, the all timer for me in high school basketball AP was uh, Tom McMillan. We all remember yeah. that name. Uh, left-handed, six eleven center from Pennsylvania, who was just the the <laughs> it player, if ever there was one. He, of course, went on to Maryland under Lefty Drizel, then played, uh, you know, played in the pros, probably never became what people would have thought he might become in high school. And yeah. then uh, he ended up, I believe, in the U.S. Senate, in Congress, if I'm not mistaken. 
He was a congressman, at least, I yeah. know for sure. And uh, I happened to run into him, John, of all places. I was in Tampa for the national championship game, and he was at the hotel. We had a conversation. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was there because he's involved in athletics, and you know he always had a strong interest even when he retired from basketball because he was always looking to reform. And he was from Mansfield, Pennsylvania. I remember being on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and I know he played for the Hawks and some other teams. I think maybe Houston Rockets and I don't know where oh, yeah. else. But Definitely I always thought it was. I always thought it was interesting after you learned of his personality and then left your Giselle. I think was a contrast. Correct. Correct. If I'm not mistaken, he played with those great Maryland teams that had like Len Elmore. I think they might have been, uh, yes, you know, teammates. Yes. Yeah, teammates. Yeah, they were, uh, yeah, yeah, John Lucas. John Lucas, right? The original Twin Towers, and yeah, what a, what a team that was. I mean, yeah, Tom McMillan. I, I can't tell you how big a thing he was in Pennsylvania during his high school career. It was just, uh, it was insane. Um, well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of another break. Uh, so still a few more things to get to, which we'll do on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the NBA All-Star Game this Sunday at 8 p.m. on TNT. Uh, As All-Star Games go, the NBA is always a good one. Uh, We've seen all the frenzy leading up to the trade deadline last week. So recognizable stars. That's uh, so important. Uh, What it's all about in sports, and the NBA certainly uh, has that. And speaking of basketball, AP, I mentioned in the first segment the Celtics blowing two huge leads to lose to the Los Angeles teams uh, in the Garden last week. First, the Lakers coming back from big deficit and uh, like a six-point deficit with a minute to go to beat the Celtics uh, on Rajon Rondo, of all people, his first-ever buzzer beater. And then a couple nights later, Clippers come back from 28 down to beat the Celtics on Saturday night. At the same time, on national TV, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Russell Westbrook come down from 25-plus to beat the Houston Rockets and James Harden. So AP is a comeback weekend, and maybe the best of them all, though, uh, was the Utah-UCLA game. Yeah, John, I was watching that a little bit uh, on Saturday, and I was listening to the announcers kind of foreshadowing the event, saying that UCLA has had trouble closing games, and they put that graphic up on the screen, and the next thing you know it, Utah comes back and beats UCLA in a phenomenal victory at Pauley Pavilion. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because you would figure that this team, right, we've been through this before, we're not going to let it happen again, and sure enough, they, they, they lost that game. Exactly right, AP. Um, yes, I happen, great minds think alike, because I, like you, was just sort of uh, had it on in the background, and it certainly got my attention at the end. But what a great play by Utah at the end where the guy, their player, of course, ran the ball up the court, got right to the three-point line when you just expect them, you know, under that severe pressure of yes. a second left to go up and shoot it. But he didn't. He passed to the trailer a mere two, three feet behind him, who then just launched and swished uh, basically a 35-footer, as best I could see. And and that was that. So it's just a spectacular ending, even as buzzer beater goes. This was, uh, you know, as good as a buzzer beater gets. It was that, that impressive. Uh, really fun to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, it's really puzzling basketball, John. You could be leading by 25 points or... 15 points with four minutes to go, and the next next thing that happens is the other team figures out a way to foul you, make you miss free throws. They make a couple of threes. Uh, they have trouble getting the ball in bounds. I mean, there's all kind of types of scenarios, but it seems like it's quite frequent in basketball for the, yes. for the huge comebacks. Yes, and I'm a big fan of, you know, uh, of, sorry, I'm looking at breaking news here. Uh, first of all, let me complete the thought. I'm a big fan of anatomy of a comeback. I always love 
watching the replays, I, I, I DVR everything. So, you know, I always go back and just, <laughs> how did this happen? Anyway, the breaking news I'm looking at is uh, Tyler Murray just tweeted that he is, quote, firmly and fully committed my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. That's a wow. wow. That's is. a wow. That's, wow. That's, that's, that's <laughs> exceptional. That's, that's amazing. That's I mean, what, yes, I mean, one of the storylines of the year, he's not, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner, a year like just electric quarterback to watch. But, you know, what made the story cool was he had, you know, was a quote to use an old time term, AP, a bonus baby of the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of chat, chatter during the year, all year long of like, uh, you know, that he made more money than his coach, Lincoln Riley, stuff like that. So it was a great storyline. Everybody loved it. And wow, he's now basically chosen football over baseball. That, that's that's a big story. Yeah, that's that's surprising because he could play for baseball so much longer and make quite a bit of money as well. And But maybe he saw the, the effect and the success of his predecessor, Baker Mayfield, has as a rookie. And uh, that, that's pretty nice if I like football slightly more than baseball i can still make money in that sport and uh and and uh you know still pursue the game correct exactly um he's special <laughs> he just is i don't have to tell yeah. you you've seen him play in person yes yes i'm and very quick quick feet yeah yeah he, he's special and i think he's probably equally special in in baseball as well uh I think it's a good move. I don't know how else to say it. You know, uh, I've heard a lot of chatter about it. One thing that's unmistakable, and you can't overlook this in any way, shape, or form, you know, unless you're going right from Oklahoma to the major leagues, you're spending some time riding buses in the backwaters of America playing minor league baseball. And for the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, I can just see where that is not too attractive. As, and it wouldn't be to any star athlete. I mean, he's he's been to the top of the mountain uh, for the last six months. Um, yeah, and if he, yeah if he, and if he prefers football, this is the easiest uh, opening for him because you know he's going to be selected in the first round and he's going to get correct. all the attention and uh, receive preferential treatment as a first-round draft choice. Correct. And, and to, just to close out here with your Baker Mayfield thought, I mean, you know, between hard knocks and Baker Mayfield having one of the games of the year when he come on to beat the Jets uh, on that, I believe it was a Monday night game in whatever, October, it's instant stardom in the NFL beyond being stars and Heisman Trophy winners in college. So it's, it's quite a lure. Like, you don't have to wait long. He, Kyler Murray could be a NFL star uh, by Columbus Day, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the opening game that he could, he could do something spectacular. Exactly right. Like, Baker, you know, and Baker Mayfield, it took him a few games. It wasn't his fault. It was you, Jackson, wasn't putting him in there. Um, but that's another story for another day. It's a no-brainer, AP, to me. You know, I know, I know there's a risk of injury. We go, we all get that. But you know, the thought of you know that versus playing in the minor leagues in baseball for whatever, even the best of Bryce Harper spends a year or two there. 
it's pretty easy decision to a whatever 19, 20 year old in my mind. Yeah, I think so. He always probably wanted to play football, but just waiting to to hear back from the scouts and the NFL and see how he performed. He won the Heisman Trophy, and so good good luck to him. Good luck to him is right. And AP, uh, we've come to the end of our show. I want to thank you as always for calling in. Uh, great perspective, especially on National Signing Day, giving us that Alabama perspective. So much appreciated. Hey, thank you very much, John, for having me on the show. Look forward to the next time. You're welcome. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.